If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Sobriety Diaries, friend. My name is Nate. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic and sober coach. My addiction has shaped the person I am today and given me the ability and voice to help others, and I simply wouldn't be here without it. Recovery is possible. The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who live them. Head on over to thesobrietydiaries.com where you can apply to be a guest on the show and join our insiders list for exclusive content, early release episodes, and much more. Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Before we jump into things today, I wanted to take a moment to thank Exact Nature for partnering with me on today's episode. Founded by a father and son in addiction recovery, Exact Nature's all-natural CBD products are specifically formulated to help you face the exceptional challenges of recovery, be it addictive cravings, depression, anxiety, or improving sleep. Learn more at exactnature.com. I absolutely love the Serenity Oil. I use it every day. I couldn't recommend it enough. It is so helpful with just my focus and calm nature. As a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 to receive 20% off of your order. ExactNature.com. Happy Sober Day, friends. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode and spending a part of your day with me here on the Sobriety Diaries. Our community continues to grow, and that is because of your support. So I can't thank you enough. It is truly, truly appreciated. And I absolutely mean that when I say it. On today's show, we are talking to Nathan James. He is a photographer and producer. He just celebrated two years of sobriety and was actually featured in E! Online's article focusing on 21 people who inspire in their recovery. What an honor. He also is creating a YouTube series called Soberly Dope, which we touch on today and has one of the most full circle stories that I have heard. So let's open the diary on Nathan James. Nathan, thank you so much for joining me here on the Sobriety Diaries today. How's your day going, my friend? 
It's going pretty wonderful. I am enjoying my day. Had a few um, good times at Universal. So chilling. How's your day going? Yeah, mine. mine's good too. I, not as fun as uh, <laughs> being at Universal and being outdoors and doing fun things, but I guess fun things in, in my own regard and things I've wanted to do for a long time. So no yeah. complaints. I've had a good day as well. Thank you. Where did the willingness come from to come and share your story today? Yeah, so I'm a really big believer in sharing your testimony or your story. Um, Because I feel like some people feel like they're alone. Um, And I feel like being able to share your story, um, how you broken free from addiction or you're recovering, just gives people the key to their prison or the key to their cages that they're in and just gives them a sense of hope that they can make it out. I love that key to the cage. It truly is like a cage or a prison, right? Yeah. Felt locked up for a long time. Yeah. Well, now we're free. Yes. (laughs) Amen. How would you introduce yourself at a dinner party tonight? Ooh. (laughs) Uh, Well, I was going to start with my name. I'm Nathan James. Um, I am a digital creator and humanitarian. (laughs) Um, I enjoy helping people, serving others, um, pouring into the community. Um, And I just, I just love being a very happy and bubbly person. Yeah, I can tell that already. Uh, And some amazing photography work on Instagram. Um, I'll link your, I'll link uh, where to find you in the show notes and and we'll talk about that in a bit, but some, some really good work to see on Instagram. Thank you. So when was your last drink and why was it that day in particular? My last drink was August 17th, 2019. Um, It was that day because I had just gotten off a cruise with my family. Um, It's a family reunion we're having. And before we got on the cruise, I was like, this is when I'm going to stop drinking. And it was a a lot of trial and error on the cruise and didn't really work out. But when I got off the cruise, I was like, hey, no, today's the day. We're cutting it out and we're going to remain sober the rest of my life. And here we are. Here we are. Awesome. Well, I'd like to hear the rest of your story and what led up to that point in your life. So why don't we walk through your, your journey together? Yeah, so I'll start the basics. So I was born in Brooklyn, but I grew up in Orlando and spent some time as a kid in the UK because that's where my mom's from. Um, but growing up, it was just my mom, my grandma, and my dad wasn't in the picture. So have, not having a father figure was a bit detrimental for me, um, especially growing up in that time where a myth was going around that being a black boy without a father, you're going to grow up to be a thug or a drug dealer or all these stereotypes. Yeah. Um, so it was really rough growing up, but I grew up in a very strict Christian household. Um, so I wasn't allowed to like watch certain things or <laughs> listen to certain artists. Yeah. Um, and growing up, I had a pretty, it was a pretty good childhood. Uh, things really started popping off in my life around eighth grade. Um, I had attended private school almost my entire childhood. And one day my mom was like, hey, I'm pulling you out of private school and putting you in public school for eighth grade. And I was like, 
I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a big leap, right? <laughs> yeah, and I didn't like argue with her because in my culture, talking back to your parents, that's a big no-no. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay. And like, you know, growing up in private school, you're kind of sheltered. So me stepping into this public school, this new space, it was completely different. And I hated every moment of eighth grade. It started bullying um, people, pretending to be my friend and manipulating me. Um, there was a time I our teacher didn't pick up homework and I'm that student that's like, Hey, you didn't pick up the homework. Right. And the entire class is like, what's wrong with you? Right. Right. <laughs> so on top of all that, we had a family member come visit our home and he stayed past his welcome and it was causing a lot of chaos in our household. And my grandmother has Alzheimer's. So he was manipulating her and putting all these things into her head to the point where my mom and I had to leave our house. We couldn't stay anymore. It was that bad. Wow. Um, and we ended up staying with my mom's friend for about four months until everything got resolved. But during those four months, um, my mom's friend lived like an hour from my school and an hour and a half, hour 45 from my mom's job. So I'd have to get dropped off at seven. School starts at 945 just so my mom can make it to work on time. Yeah. So it was very hard for me and just continue to spell like a lot of anxiety during those times. And just the bullying just made me super depressed and I just did not want to be around anymore. So middle school finishes. I'm now in high school and things are worse with the bullying. <laughs> um, and I don't remember if my, it was my freshman or sophomore year. Um, I got a phone call and I'm that type of person that won't answer the phone if I don't recognize the number. So I'll let it go to voice message, but yeah, I let it go to voice message and it was my dad who called me out of nowhere. And I was really shocked and my heart like dropped in my stomach. Had like, you where, ever met him or yeah, I never met this man in my life. I think I spoke to him once on the phone when I was a kid and wow. I asked him for a poodle and he said no. <laughs> that was the last time I heard from him. <laughs> so he just calls me out of the blue and he's like, hey, it's your dad. Uh, I was calling to say hi and talk to you. And I was so angry. This man has not yeah. been a part of my life and you're just calling out of the blue. I don't think so. Right. Um, so come to find out that my dad has cancer and he's trying to make things right and make up for lost time. But I already had so much like hatred and pain um, against him that I just didn't want anything to do with him. So I would say things behind his back. Like, I don't want you in my life. I don't care. Hope you die. All these horrible things. And so that happens during my sophomore year. I turned 16 in December and my family goes on a cruise for Christmas. It's what we normally do. It's a little tradition that we have. Yeah. And knowing that I'm already getting bullied in school, I don't fit in. I go on this cruise with a mission of, I will do anything to fit in with the teens on the cruise. Cause they have like the teen club. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll do anything to fit in, to feel like I belong. I get on this cruise and 
I don't know how the teens got vodka off the island, but they got a bunch of vodka off the island and like, hey, drink this, you'll be cool. And of course, <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. You're like, okay, um, here it goes. <laughs> there it goes. And I start drinking and it gave me like liquid courage yeah. and numbed all the pain that I've been feeling. And I really liked the feeling. And I was like, I want to keep doing this. And I don't know how my mom didn't catch me <laughs> on that entire cruise ship drinking vodka, but she, yeah, that's she didn't. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, she had no idea. And after the cruise ship, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this because it makes me feel good. And I feel like I fit in. It still didn't change the bullying. I'm still drinking on the low without my mom knowing. And I finished my sophomore year. Junior year comes around. It's like Thanksgiving break. And I go to Cambridge to go see the school because that's where I wanted to go for college. Um, and I get a text from my half-brother. And he's like, are you back in the U.S.? So I was like, nope. Um, so he didn't respond to me after that. A month and a half goes by and my mom sits me down and she tells me my dad passed away. And I was so devastated and held so much grief um, that it just led to me starting to self-harm and drink more. And those two are a deadly combination. I tipsy me got to a point where I was just like, you need to punish yourself because this is your fault. So that's what led to the self-harm. And that went on for about four months until I stopped self-harming because people were starting to notice the scars on my arm. Um, so when I graduated high school, I decided I'm not staying in the U.S. because I have so much trauma here yeah. and so much pain. So I'm going to go to school overseas. I didn't get into Cambridge because my grades were horrible due to me just being depressed and drinking. So I got into a school called Bournemouth University, which is down south of the UK on the coast. Hmm. And of course, it's my first taste of freedom. I go completely wild over there. Big drinking culture in the UK, of course. Um, I'm like clubbing until 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning, drinking and downing bottles of vodka like it's nothing. Um, I'm and now this like, was like your freshman year in college? Yeah, yeah. this is okay. my freshman year. And I'm like Mr. Popular now, something yeah. I never experienced. And I'm just becoming this person that I'm not. Um, it got to the point where like, I felt like I needed alcohol every day where I would just pour it into my coffee or, or hot chocolate and bring it to class and just drink that. Um, and it was really, really bad. Like I, I look at it now and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> what were you doing? Um, and I got so miserable and I was studying psychology and it's not what I wanted to do. So I was so miserable doing that. So miserable with the person I was numbing my pain every night with alcohol and secretly drinking behind closed doors without people knowing I had like stashes of bottles hidden under my bed. And I failed my first year of college, mm. which sucks to tell your mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. So, yeah. They allowed me to like retake my exams during the summer, but 
I failed those, of course. So I go back to UK for my second year to redo my first year. I'm just even more miserable than ever. My alcohol intake's increasing. I'm starting not to go to class at all. Did you have like a new plan? Were you were you going with like a new mindset to try to do it in a different way or not really? It was just like, I just want to get through this. I don't yeah. really care at this point. Yeah, it was just it just continued to got worse and worse and worse to the point where I just wanted to drop out of school. So before doing that, I was like, all right, I need to figure out something before I just leave. So <laughs> I knew I was super passionate about helping people and serving communities. So I was looking for a program where I could do that. And I found this program. It's like the Domestic Peace Corps. Um, so I applied in March of 2017 and then got in April. Um, so I dropped out, told my mom I was chopping out. And I got into an argument with somebody um, that I told I was dropping out. And after the argument, I was so upset that I went to my room, locked the door, pulled out the vodka bottle in my closet and just started drinking and relapsed into self-harming. And that was kind of like one of my rock bottoms where I was just like, I'm not okay. Yeah, I definitely need help. So I woke up the next morning and I saw what I did and I was like, I need to call my friend and like talk to somebody. So I told my friend, I was like, Hey, I'm not okay. I did this, came over, sat with me and comforted me. And I was just like, yeah, okay. We need to find a therapist or something. I never did. Um, so I moved back to the States, moved to California for this program. And obviously I can't drink during this program cause I'm underage. So I wasn't trying to get kicked out. I really liked what they were doing in their mission. So I was really jittery without alcohol this yeah. first couple months. <laughs> and then I turned 21 that December and I was back on the alcohol. Yeah. All bets were <laughs> off then. Yep. And then back drinking with my teammates, drinking with a bunch of our people. And then they decided to promote me to team leader because they saw a lot of potential in me that I didn't see. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> so they sent me to Wyoming to lead my own team. And I was super nervous. Like my anxiety was just off the charts. So I pulled up to a liquor store, bought a bunch of those little mini bottles. Yeah. And before my first team meeting, I was just taking shot at the shot at the shot because I was just so nervous and I felt like I couldn't do anything without having a drink. So that first team meeting, I was definitely more than tipsy. Yeah. I don't know if my team could tell. Nobody said um, anything. Nobody said anything. And if any of them were listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I was just like, yeah, this is not great. I'm now drinking because I... I'm super nervous to do a simple team meeting. It's not great. And I finished this program out and I decided I'm going to do another year, but in New York city. So now I'm moving to New York. And of course <laughs> there's a bunch of bars in New York. which is not great. Endless bars, uh, endless bars. And my first two months in New York, I was 
clubbing again to like two, three o'clock in the morning, drinking and now smoking weed as well. That became part of a problem. Yeah. And I just looked at myself in the mirror one morning and I was like, I don't recognize a person in the mirror right now. I really don't know who this person is. And I sat in the office at my job one morning. I don't know why, but I just felt this tugging on my heart to go to church out of nowhere. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to church. <laughs> I grew up in the church. I have had church hurt in the past. Uh, I used to go to church just to make it look like I'm a good person, but I don't want anything to do with church. Yeah. So I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> this went on for like two weeks, just tugging on my heart. And I was like resisting it at every turn until it just got to the point where it's like, I know, just go for one Sunday. So I pull up to his church, one on church in New York, and I sit through the service. And they have this thing called Growth Check after church where you can find out more about the church and how to like serve at the church and whatnot. And I was just like, I have nothing better to do. I'll check it out. So I hop in line. And these two girls were in front of me. And they made a joke and I laughed at it. And they turned around and they had a conversation with me. And like, I was like, why are they talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, we go inside to Grove Shack. I don't know anybody there. I'll look for a place to sit. And they look over and like, hey, come sit with us. And I was like, okay, interesting. So I introduced myself and they told me their names. And I came back the next Sunday to another Grove Shack part two and saw them again, told me to sit with them. And after they're like, hey, let's go get lunch. And I was like, okay, cool. So we go get lunch and they wanted to know about me, wanted to know my story. And no one's ever like asked me that before. Yeah. So I was a little confused. I was like, why are you asking a stranger? <laughs> you barely know about his story. So I told them a little bit about me. I was getting a little bit emotional and they're like, Hey, why don't you come to the 7 PM service? Um, it's where the young adults go. And I was like, I've been at church since 12 p.m. You want me to go to 7 p.m. service now? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I go with them and they just start introducing me to this whole community and village of people. And I was shocked at how welcoming they were and how they just were just loving on me out of nowhere, a person they don't know. And one of the guys I met, who's now like one of my closest friends, he invited me to his house for a Halloween party he was having. And I was like, I just met you. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> This is in New York? Yeah, this is in New York. Yeah. So just meeting those loving people just made me keep coming back every Sunday. And this one, uh, this was like the month of October. So like that last Sunday in October, I was sitting with my new friends in service. The worship team was singing a Lauren Daigle song. I feel it was Rescue. And I just hear like, a still voice saying I love you and to listen and the Lauren Daigle song was saying I sent down an army to find you in the middle of the darkness and I start looking at my friends next to me and I start bawling my eyes mm -hmm. out and boohoo crying like snot and tears and everything and people are looking over at me like what's happening <laughs> and I don't know I just felt so much love around me and peace all of a sudden and that kind of like started my journey of recovery. 
And like people think when you become a Christian, like it's all rainbows and sunshine. It's not. Right. I still have like trials and storms and whatnot. Life and, but, still goes like, on, right? Yeah, life still goes on. Yeah. And like four months into my walk, I was just super peaceful, super joyful. People know me as a smiley person now. Like whenever you see me, I'm always like dancing or smiling. Yeah. Um, but four months go by and an incident happened that kind of like rocked me and crushed me. And following that incident, two people I was very close to passed away. And uh, I was in a very toxic friendship. And then a few friends that I had trusted with my life were just betraying me and speaking about me behind my back. So I kind of went into this like downward spiral where I kind of distanced myself from the people that really cared about me and distanced myself from um, God. And I was just like in a very dark place to the point where I was gonna take my own life. And the night I was planning to do it, I I don't know what happened. Something just snapped in me where I just kind of like woke up and I was like, no, I need to go see a therapist. Like I need help. I seriously need help because I'm not okay. Um, and like a lot of my friends noticed, like I'd been missing from church because I stopped going to church for a little bit and I wasn't like, hanging out with people. And whenever I did, I was kind of like closed off. They were noticing and they were really trying to like see what was going on with me. But I was like distancing myself from them because I didn't want to open myself up. After that night where I was planning to take my own life, I like got in contact with the therapist through my job. I told my managers what was going on with me and surprisingly they were super supportive and were willing to help me find resources um the therapist that i had she was amazing wonderful really listened to me and giving me thought-provoking questions really like breaking me down and it was really helpful um so like after that i decided to return to school so i got into this private university here in florida and I was studying film production. And here I met even more wonderful people who were just willing to just pour into me and just love on me and really didn't judge me for my story at all. Um, and that really like, I don't know, it just awakened something in me that just wanted to be <laughs> the person that I'm made to be, my unique person who's beautifully and wonderfully made. Um, yeah, that was kind of like around the time where I hopped on a cruise ship with my family for a family reunion and I was deciding I want to stop drinking at that time. Yeah. And I was like, I hope this goes well, but it's probably going to be a bit of trial and error. But finally, after I got off the cruise the day after, that's when I stopped drinking. And my life has been pretty amazing since then. It has been freeing, wonderful. I'm a lot healthier. I'm super joyful. I just, ah, it's just beautiful. It's very full circle with the cruise ship and starting drinking the vodka with the teenagers and really having that moment of this is it when you stepped off the, the second cruise ship. Yeah. It's a very unique story. I love it. It's, yeah, it's definitely full circle. And like, I'm so proud of the man I've become today. Like, it's just beautiful. Yeah. So tell, tell me what your day-to-day looks like now. Are you still in school? 
now I'm kind of just kind of free roaming. I'm on a semester break currently. Yeah. Um, I actually got COVID last year in October and I was hospitalized for it. It was really bad. Oh. And I didn't think I was going to live, um, but it really changed my perspective on life and how life is super short. Yeah. So after being in the hospital, I decided to pursue my passion and dream of helping people. Um, I love working for nonprofits. So I got a full-time job working with a disaster relief nonprofit. And I worked there from January this year to June. Um, so I'm back in Florida. That was in Louisiana. Um, so now I'm back in Florida. I'm currently, like I said, on semester break. Um, and I'm just kind of like building kind of my own nonprofit. It's something I've had a dream of doing for a while. So I'm in the midst of doing that and also building um, another thing with YouTube called Soberly Dope. So I've just been kind of just in a grinding and flow mode lately. Yeah. Building ideas, producing stuff. I love it. Tell me what you're doing to help other alcoholics and addicts. Last year, I was in Brazil on a mission trip with my school and we were working with um, anti-sex trafficking organizations. Um, And while I was there, I was like, there's a lot of things that I've gone through that the church doesn't talk about. And it's very detrimental, especially when you have people in your church who are going through depression or going through alcoholism and you don't talk about it and they feel like they're alone. So when I got back from Brazil, I decided I was going to write out my story as like an open letter format and start sharing that on social media. Um, so I started this thing called the Dear Series. That's my open letter um, series. And so far, I've had some people like open up to me that I didn't think were going through this thing. Um, and I've been really able to just like work with them and check in on them and uplift them and find them resources. Um, so that's what I've been doing to help out. I'm excited to hear more about Soberly Dope and to see that sort of develop on YouTube. What are some action items or some takeaways that we can provide to our listeners who may still be struggling today? Um, so I know some days might be hard for those who are wanting to be sober or who are sober curious. Um, I know some people have tried it and they feel like they failed within the first week. And I just want to say to give yourself grace, give yourself grace and stand up, brush yourself off because it's okay. You're going to be okay. And to walk with the authority that you are free because this thing is not going to have a hold on you forever. You will be free. And I believe in you. And you got this. So that's my takeaway. I love it. That was beautiful. I see a therapist too. And I think that it is so important. And, you know, our our mental health, especially in the last year and a half, you know, has, I think a lot of us have been struggling and to have an outlet, someone who can ask those thought provoking questions and who can be removed from your situation, but be able to provide some direction and some clarity to situations, at least for me, that 
been through that, you know, are hard to understand or hard to grasp and really understand how they've affected me, uh, in the person that I am today and to, to help sort of provide clarity to situations has been huge for me. I often say like, if the world saw a therapist, it would be such a more peaceful, loving world that Uh, we lived in. (laughs) It most definitely will be. We can always hope. And I I just love having a therapist. It's okay to ask for help. It's definitely okay to ask for help. Through therapists, through accountability partners, people who just want to love on you. It's okay to. What do you hope that people hear from you today on the podcast? Definitely that there's a way out of this. Like you and I, we're walking miracles. We're walking stories. And there's a bunch of people in our community who have shared their stories and are still sharing stories. So there's definitely a way out of this. Always have hope. You're not caged. You're not in a prison. Your doors will be open. I asked you about the title to your episode, and I'm thinking that it's going to have to have something to do with like the keys to the cage or, or something like that. <laughs> Lastly, what would your diary entry be for today? Your diary today has been the most amazing day. Um, I've gotten to share my story and I'm just so grateful for the man I am today. I am grateful of who I continue to be and I can't wait to see what the future holds. Nathan James, thank you so much for your time today. I I'm so glad we connected. I look forward to keeping in touch and who knows, we could work together on something in the future as well. Absolutely. I look forward to it. What a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much for listening today, friends. Huge thank you to Nate for your time and being open. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you today. And if we help just one person, our job is done. You can find all things podcast related and subscribe to our show at thesesobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, where we upload today's video podcast and on Instagram at the Sobriety Diaries pod. Check back soon for new episodes with new stories to tell. But until then, try your best not to drink and be good to yourself. Bye, friends.